is freaking out this, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello! Oh, yes, Hello! Brock and Salt Show in Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app, not to mention all the podcast platforms. Anybody in first place this morning? Anybody? Just, just want to ask. Anybody out there? You feel like you're in first place this morning? You feel like in a first place mentality this morning? Do you feel a little alone? <laughs> or, you're, or you're not in first place? Can't relate. Yeah, I don't know. A little, little by yourself? In first place, <laughs> in, I feel a little uh, in late August. Yeah, I feel a little, little by myself, little, uh. little alone in first place because that is exactly where the Mariners are. How about that? Wow, alone wow. in first place. Another sweep of the Royals, who were a little less feisty this weekend than they were last week. Right? They were just a little bit less feisty. It's like you took all the feist out of them on Friday night as they came back a little bit. And then Saturday, the drubbing, just home run barrage one after another after another. You just complete it yesterday, and here you are sitting all by yourself in first place as the Rangers lose two out of three over the weekend. And, yeah, uh, in ugly fashion. Yeah, man, they find ways to lose. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching them quite a bit this weekend, and I know they found a way to win on Saturday, but they found ways to lose those other games. And the next thing you know, you wake up and you're in first place heading into a three-game series against the A's of all teams. So yeah, I was looking a little bit at the uh at the uh schedule down the stretch. The Mariners basically have like a 500 schedule. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that you it's funny, you'll hear people saying it's easy, you'll hear people saying it's hard. I think the reason you're getting that split is because it's right in the middle. It's 500. The Rangers are about the same. They have like a 502 winning percentage of the teams that they play next and that's weighted. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they're number 15, we're 16. Right. I and mean, that. like it's basically equivalent and you're going to play each other seven times. So, yeah, that's going to probably end up deciding this division. But let's also not sleep on the Astros, who are still right there and found a couple ways to win this weekend as well, including scoring about a thousand runs yesterday. So there's there's a long, long, long way to go still in this season. But there's a couple of things that jumped out to me this weekend. And uh, you can read my thoughts on kind of why they're here. It's up at uh, SeattleSports.com. <coughs> Excuse me. But this from uh, from Julio. I thought was very important. He was asked after the game Saturday, after the home run barrage, seven home runs in a game, why they're so hot right now. And I don't think he accepted the premise of the question. Still, we're not hot. Like, I'm going to keep saying it. We're not hot. We're just playing the ball that I know we're capable of. I feel like every every single every single guy on this team that they know that we're, what, what they're capable of, we, we all see each other preparing ourselves. And I feel like that we're just playing the ball that we know we can. I feel like at the beginning of the year, everybody was was seeing, oh, why is this, this, this team not playing like this? It just This is just who we are. We're not hot. We're not hot. Okay. I love it. I totally agree with them. They're not hot. To say that they're hot in Julio's mind, if I can, if I can speak for him for a moment, which I probably shouldn't presume to do, but if I, if I understand what he's saying, we're not hot. If we were hot, it would mean that we are playing above the level of what we should be playing. We're not doing that. 
This is just the team we're supposed to be. This is what we were supposed to be from day one. This is what we were built to be. This is the kind of talent we have on our team. There's nothing fluky about it. There's nothing temporary about it. This is just who the Mariners are. We're not hot. I love it. Right? I mean, like, I I, I think that's absolutely the mentality that Julio and every other player on this team should have. Because otherwise, it feels like you are doing something beyond your capability. And it's not. They're a good baseball team. They have the best pitching staff in baseball. They've got a core, a nucleus that was put together to hit, and they are finally doing exactly what they were put together to do. You're seeing the other side of regression. You're seeing what happens when good players don't hit for a while. There's generally something that happens on the other side of it where they do. Oh, by the way, vice versa, too. They may not last at this at this clip. They may not, you know, continue to win, what is it, 13 of every 16 or whatever the heck ridiculous number they're on. They may not do that for the rest of the year, especially because the competition will change. You're not going to get to play, you know, Kansas City and, and, and Chicago over and over again, Oakland here for a few days. But this is not beyond them. This is not crazy. This is not, oh, my God, where did this team come from? I jumped over uh, to the uh, news side this morning and recorded something with Dave Ross and Colleen O'Brien for our sister station. And I jump over there a fair amount. They'll ask me to come on when big things happen. And Dave started the interview this morning by uh, by asking about this miracle. I was like, I got to tell you, man, like, I don't see a miracle. There's no miracle here. They're just a good team playing good baseball. If you want to if you want to point to anything miraculous, it's been certainly helpful that the Rangers have come crashing back down to earth. I didn't think that the Rangers were as good as they were cracked up to be or as well as good as they were playing early this year. I don't know that I saw them crashing quite like this, Mm -hmm. but they have. That's helped, certainly. But I don't see a miracle. Is it a miracle that Julio was a great player for the last two months? No, no. Is it a miracle that Teoscar Hernandez is finally hitting like the player he's been for the last five years? Not really. Is it a miracle that Eugenio Suarez continues to come up big in clutch moments with a ton of big hits? No. If anything, I would say he still hasn't fully found himself. Is it a miracle that some of your young guys have produced the way they did in the minor leagues? I mean, it's nice. It certainly might feel that way to Mariners fans who get stuck in the mentality of everybody who ever comes to this team is awful, but it's not true. And Rojas and Canzone have come in and done their thing. And you've gotten more athletic and you've made a couple of the changes that needed to be made. I don't see a miracle. Right. I, what would have been a miracle is the pitching staff staying healthy for the season. Right. <laughs> I see I see a team that's overcome. Right. A, a team that is on to its essentially ninth pitcher, 10th pitcher, something like that. I mean, they've lost four guys for the season in their starting rotation. They have found ways to adapt. They have found ways to overcome. They've used their depth. And as I said, I wrote about some of this up at seattlesports.com. I think they're here because of three Ps. They had a good plan. They were patient with some of the guys that deserved it. Maybe even some that didn't. And then they pivoted when they needed to. And you you add all those things up. You're patient with Julio. You're patient with Suarez. You're patient with Teo. Right, you 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 allow you 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 build depth in your pitching staff by drafting three straight pitchers in the first round, and plus Brian Wu, who's a third rounder, I want to say, right? I mean, like you just you just keep throwing good young pitchers at this league. You trade for Luis Castillo, you develop guys over the course of their youth, and here you are. 
You, you sit in first place exactly where you should be today on August 28th. Brian August 28th. was a sixth round pick, by the way. But, uh, sixth round? Sixth Just round. that's not yours. Third round. I've, <laughs> uh, I've actually uh, gone back and uh, done some of the research on okay, that. All right, sixth round. Actually waited me. as a third round. Yeah. The, I mean, to third round saying, value in the sixth round, I think I would say. Julio's saying they're not, be, not hot. He is hitting 491. Yeah, he's not hot. He's just good. <laughs> Tay Oscar's hitting 434. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not over, hot. And these are over the last 12 games. Yeah, not hot, Justin. Okay. They're just they're just good. There's a totally there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that. I, I he it, they are hot, they're, obviously. Yes, obviously. Some guys are and but, some but guys the, are hitting their baseball cards. But the point he's trying to make is that this is they were always supposed to be good. They are on a heater right now. But there's no reason that good baseball shouldn't last. Sure. Other than that, it's baseball and it's a long season and there's still a month left to play 32 games. And who the heck knows what's going to happen next? Who knows what's going to happen with injuries, right? I mean, like they have pretty much reached the end of their pitching depth. So if there is an injury, there's not a lot else out there. You're looking at Tommy Malone or Luke Weaver I suppose if you wanted to, you could go try to get um, Thor, who was yeah, just Syndergaard released just yesterday. Yeah. yeah, maybe you want to take a look at Noah Syndergaard. I don't know. Probably not based on where his he's been at the last few years. But, okay, that's a possibility. You still have some ninth inning concerns, I believe. I'm still not loving what I see in general from both Munoz and Brash. So I think there's some question marks there. And, yeah, you, of course, you're going to wonder about this offense until the end of the season because you've seen what it looks like when it's not working. But I don't think I understand what Julio's saying. They're not hot. They're just good. And that's the way they were always supposed to be. We'll come right back, give you some of the details, everything you need to know, including, you know what? I won't even say it. I'm not going to talk trash about the football game. I can't. It was it was so boring. I can't even talk trash about it. It's next on Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. The Mariners are in first place in August by themselves. You can't say it enough. Heck, let's say it again. The Mariners are in first place in August by themselves. Unbelievable. This after completing a glorious weekend sweep of the Royals who weren't quite as feisty as they were in their own building a week ago. Yesterday, it was Luis Castillo in all his glory. Fire. We're going to soft pop up. J.P. Crawford tracking this Mariners shortstop. A couple of steps into shadow left. Makes a two-hand catch. For out number three, Luis Castillo dominant once again today. One hit over seven scoreless innings at T-Mobile Park. He has throttled the Royals in the final game of this series. Those are essentially all the things I had in my notes. Dominant, one hit, no runs, dominant again. Pretty darn impressive from the ace. As for the offense today, after they knocked out seven home runs and route to a 15-run outburst, they did manage to drive two more out of here. And the old one to Teoscar. Swing and a drive, deep straightaway center field. Isbell going back to the track, looking up. Goodbye baseball off the batter's eye. Teoscar Hernandez with two home runs yesterday. Leads off the bottom of the second this afternoon with his 22nd home run of the year. And this was a rocket way out to straightaway center field. The Mariners hit seven home runs yesterday. They have one already this afternoon. And it's the Mariners one, Kansas City nothing, and Teoscar is on a tear. Yeah, they would need the two-run shot from Julio in order to give them enough cushion, but they do get it done and win 3-2 to two yesterday. By the way, do you get a full home run in the stats when you hit it off a position player? 
Does that count as a full home run or is it only half a home run? Yeah, it counts. It doesn't feel like a full home run. But it counts. It counts. Yeah, all right. Just checking on that. Texas loses two of three, including walking in the winning run yesterday. In fact, they walked three straight to lose that game in the 13th. Blue Jays lose yesterday as well. So that puts the Mariners alone in first. One game up on Texas and Houston. Three up now on Toronto. I believe three and a half actually up on Toronto if you were still worried about the wild card spot. But obviously you would love to just not pay attention to that and keep trying to win this division. Oakland comes in town now for three. They are um, they're not good. Brian Wu will pitch against TBA tonight. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, it didn't have quite the same excitement level as the first two games of the preseason, but the Seahawks did finish up their preseason schedule with a 19-14 loss in Green Bay. Drew Locke playing deep into the game. He had a couple of nice moments, threw for 150 yards, a touchdown, no picks. The touchdown went to who else but Jake Bobo. In the backfield now is Thompson for the Seahawks as the single setback. Locke under center, play fake. Looks, has time. Going to let it fly. Back corner of the end zone. There to make the catch. Touchdown, Seahawks. Jake Bobo. Somebody in our meeting yesterday said, give me more Bobo. You got it. From 18 yards out, Bobo, Dave, you said he doesn't have a lot of speed, but he's got speed to get away from the secondary, and he makes a great catch on a perfect pass from Drew Locke in the back of the end zone, and the Seahawks are looking to make it a two-point game with the Packers leading 9-6. I don't know where this story goes from here, but the dude is certainly seems to be a lock to make this team right now play just unbelievably well throughout the preseason and really throughout camp as well. So that, Hold on, let me play this for you. Did this come from a post-game press conference or was this just a media scrum in the locker room? Because it sounds anyway like Jake Bobo was given a press conference spot. It's really cool. Um, been really cool for me. Been really, really cool for my family and friends to kind of just see some of that. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm honored um, to uh, have some of the, the 12 jump on the uh, the Bobo bandwagon a little bit. Um, so that's been really cool to see. Um, like I said, I'm I'm honored that, you know, folks think, uh, yeah, I'm worthy of, of their praise. That's a full press. Like, he went to the podium? Well, DK, Tyler, Gino, those guys didn't play. They brought an <laughs> undrafted rookie to the yeah, podium. Yeah, pretty cool. He's making the team. Let's just be very clear. You don't bring an undrafted rookie to the podium and then cut him two days later. So I don't think anyone's been questioning that at this Pretty point. darn impressive. Two weeks now to prepare for the first game of the season uh, at home against the Rams. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, they're back. Their defense, by the way, has looked terrible this preseason. And then uh, what do you think of the defense Saturday? Wasn't exactly impressive. Uh, especially stopping the run early. Great camp, but Mike Jackson again struggled a corner. Devin Bush uh, had a concussion. Derek Hall hurt his shoulder. Joey Blunt seemed to hurt his shoulder as well. So we'll wait for some of the details on those guys this week. Here's the third thing you need to know. NFL cuts due tomorrow afternoon, although a few teams have gotten a little bit of a head start, including the Seahawks. They cut seven players yesterday, although none of them seem to have much of a shot to make this team in the first place. Tight end Sal Canella, Jordan Ferguson, receiver Malik Flowers, Benji Franklin, a cornerback, Justin Marshall, Chris Steele, and then uh, maybe the most familiar name because of the local ties, running back Wayne uh, Taolapapa also released yesterday. 
So I'm wondering whether or not DJ Dallas may be among the cuts as well. He tweeted such as life yesterday, which I think made people wonder if he would be perhaps moving on. Leaves them with 83 players, so they're still going to need to cut at least 30 more, depending on whether they sign others who have been cut elsewhere or maybe make a trade or two. But Pete Carroll, I thought this was interesting doesn't just talk about the 53-man roster. Yeah, I would love this group to be together. If we can, we're going to try to do that, and if we can, we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll, we'll have some challenges about that, but um, right now there's a bunch of guys that know how they fit on, on this team and what, you know, their role and all that kind of stuff. I like to keep it as solid as we can. It's probably not possible to get it all, but I want those guys to know that we want them on in our locker room. Yeah, I think Pete really likes sort of the vibe and what's uh, just, you know started to happen here this season, and he talks about a 69-man roster for a reason, not just the 53, but also the 16 that are going to find their way onto the practice squad, many of whom end up contributing over the course of a long season. So, yeah, we will uh, learn quite a bit about this roster over the course of the next I don't know, what, 48 hours or so. Uh, it is Brock and Salk. That's everything you need to know. Brady Henderson will join us today at uh, 8.30 to kind of talk through what that looks like. Actually, we've got a whole bunch of guests coming on the show this week. I've talked through a little bit of it uh, baseball-wise, but let me just kind of run it down because we're going to have Tom Verducci on the show. Look, when the team wins, it's easier to get these guys. Yeah. Tom Verducci yep. is going to come join us at 8 o'clock, National Baseball Voice with Sports Illustrated and Fox and MLB Network. He's everywhere. One of the, you know, one of the, one great- of the premier voices of baseball. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, uh, one of the other premier voices in baseball and expert prognosticator, Jeff Passan, will join us at 8.30. I <laughs> probably won't have any grief at all for <laughs> Jeff. Uh, Wednesday, we will talk to Scott Service, the skipper of this group. That will be at 8.30, uh, excuse me, at 9.30. And earlier in the show at 7.30, we talked to Buster Olney, who was agreed to come on. I texted a little bit with Buster yesterday. He couldn't make today work because he was traveling back from San Francisco, but said he would love to come on on Wednesday and talk through these Mariners. And then Scott at 9.30. Thursday, of course, will be Jerry Depoto at 8.30, the architect of this whole thing. So, hey. When the team wins, it's a little easier to grab some of these guys from the outside who are paying a little bit more attention and uh, going to be a really fun week talking baseball about these first place Mariners. All right. Uh, speaking of which, how did they get there? Mora is going to take us through the weekend. We'll do it next on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. This is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com as well. What a weekend it was here in Seattle, weather-wise, sports-wise, you name it. Just a great weekend. Hey, I know we're going to go all the way around the weekend. Before we do, um, and, and such a fun Mariner weekend, seriously. But, Justin, you did something Friday and yesterday. You kind of had a crazy weekend. I want to just it take a, a moment yeah. and talk about what you did before digging into all the sports stuff here. And I know Moore's got a whole thing planned for us. But could you just tell me quickly about um, about introducing the team Friday and then what you're doing post-game yesterday? Yeah, I was going to say, Sunday is really the wholesome one, so I'll, I'll burn through Friday. But the... Road trip went well, right? The Mariners won eight out of ten. They won sixteen to twenty. They the two eight game win streaks, and they were looking for like a little bit of a different way to introduce the team onto the field. So they had put together like a, a video montage on Mariners Vision of what the road trip had been like, and, okay. and you know, how hype everything had been, and where we were, and now that we're you know climbing the rankings, and they uh, 
they're like, hey, we, on Fridays we have a fan tunnel where we line outside of the the um, far exit of the dugout where the Mariners run out onto the field okay. with some season ticket members and, and other fans where they can high five the players as they run out. So like we're going to send you down with the fan tunnel. You're going to do a little, you know, get the crowd going for explaining what I just said, the numbers, and then um, introduce the team as they come running out on the field. And I was like, oh my god, awesome! This is the biggest thing that I've ever been able to do. Of course, I'm in. That's awesome. So I stand in the fan tunnel, like right at the top step of the uh, the um, dugout stairs, and I'm walking down the fan tunnel and talking to the camera and like saying what you know they had me going on. And I was supposed to, out of the left side of my eye, be able to see Bryce Miller exit the dugout right. because that's when you say, and here they come, near Seattle Mariners. But because I was in the fan tunnel, I couldn't see them. Oh, no. So Miller comes running out. I'm still talking. And then all of a sudden, Julio goes flying by my right and Rojas goes flying by my left. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in the way now and I'm going to get run over <laughs> by one of these guys. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I got to intro the team and it was the coolest thing. Nice. And then uh, on Sunday, this was like the most wholesome baseball event I've ever done. It's the challenger little league game and it's uh kids from all ages with varying disabilities that get to play on a major league field and you know get announced and, and do the whole thing and post game no this is pre-game, pre-game. Sunday. okay so the best part about it was that because it's pre-game the players are out warming up and stretching and getting ready and then there's like nope i'm involved now so they all just come over to the infield. Oh, man. Eugenio was like, I'm pitching. Like, kicks a coach out of the way. <laughs> so Cito pitched for a minute. And then, you know, because of uh, the varying ages, it's kind of hard to time up pitches for kids that are right. three feet tall to six feet tall. And so Teo just decides, ah, oh, he just walks out in his slides out of the dugout and is like holding the bats for him and helping him hit. Wow. And it's like, this is pretty the amazing. Biggest and coolest dream come true for these kids who are baseball fans. And now these players are just sitting wow. there and coaching with them. That is really, really with cool. Them. So very cool with the Mariners. And it's part of the on-base program. So if you ever see that um, supported in like auctions and stuff, you'll know that. That's one of the things. That's cool, man. That's uh, that really, really, really cool behind the scenes stuff. And, it was uh, great. What a, what a great story. All right. Well, that was Justin's weekend. Maura, what else did we see this weekend? Uh, well, starting off Friday, I, I was there too. Saw Justin that night. He got me some prime seats for the fireworks show. But uh, starting Get you out Friday on the field? Night, yeah. Oh. Sit in the grass for fireworks. Fancy. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty Fancy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but starting off the game, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, greeted Richard Sherman at the mound, and Sherm threw out the first pitch. I uh, I took a little video and posted on Instagram of like them hugging mm-hmm. at the mound, and someone messaged me and was like, "Yeah, that's nice. You could have shown the first pitch, but thanks for sharing." Like, <laughs> what? Like, what? This is my personal Instagram. I'm not like a reporter. Nice job, Maura. Stuff out to you. Nice job, Maura. But I actually did have a video of the first pitch, so I sent it to him, and he said she redeems herself. So oh wow, like, oh, wow! Thank God glad, you, you uh, did exactly you what they person. wanted. I can't remember who that was, but I'm glad I cleared things up with yeah, them. Yeah, wow. Jeez, how dare I go to the game and not post the footage that everyone wants? <laughs> but yeah, that sure had a pretty good first pitch. It was. I, we, were, we were wondering if he was going to be able to throw a strike because you never know. And the other professional athletes from other sports come out. So How do you, it was a good one? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was the, the cool part was the exciting thing of Griffey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did he get booed? Somebody, no. told, somebody told me to take a selfie with him and send it to you. And I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to troll people like this. Come uh, on. I, I got no ill will. He's the one who didn't want to, you know, talk to me. Sure. I was happy to have him on the show. <laughs> All right, the Mariners jumped out to a quick, I, I wrote league in my notes. They jumped out to a quick lead when Bryce Miller, Biller, Bryce Miller went three up, three down on the top of the first, and J.P. Crawford took the first pitch 
in the bottom of the first yard. J.P. Crawford lead things off with a swing and a drive. Deep to right field. Waters back looking up. Goodbye baseball. He did it again. J.P. Crawford ambushes the first pitch of the game from Brady Singer and hits it out to right field. He's done it a few times here this season, and he does it tonight to right away give the Mariners a very quick, and I mean quick, one nothing lead over the Royals. Yeah, I heard that live, actually. I was driving back home from uh, golfing on Friday and heard that almost as I was driving by the park. So it was like perfect timing. It's cool. Um, and, you know, look, it's a leadoff home run. It's one run out of what they score seven or whatever on Friday. But I think just getting to Singer early, given how he had shut them down the week before, was just a, a good sign. Like, hey, we're not going to take it again. That's right. It's like, a no-hitter into the seventh, That's right. right. Like, that, yeah. that was the crazy game, right, where they came back and then still... Is that the one where they still end up losing? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It was, it was, he was really good against them the last time. And for them to show off right away, like, yeah, no, we're not going to let that happen, I thought was actually a fairly important rallying cry for the weekend. That's a good point. And it's also just nice to see that Crawford was out of the lineup for a little while. People were kind of wondering if maybe they should leave Julio at the top or whatever. It seems like bringing him back where he was has, everything has continued to run like a well oiled machine. That's how I've described this Mariners offense really all year. <laughs> yeah. A well-oiled machine. <laughs> you and you um, alone. Julio got on and stole his 35th base of the season before Cal Raleigh drove him in for a 2-0 lead. Miller struggled a bit in the second, giving up five hits and committing a throwing error on a pickoff attempt, and that allowed a run. So the Royals took a 3-2 lead. In the fourth inning with two outs, Julio and Suarez had back-to-back singles to put the M's back on top 4-3. And then Hernandez got aboard with a double in the fifth. Canzone pushed him a third with a single, and with two outs, a wild pitch from Austin Cox scores Teo to make it 5-4 Mariners. And then Rojas drove in Canzone to extend the lead to three runs. Matt Brash did give up a two-run home run in the seventh mm-hmm. to pull the Royals within one run. Mm-hmm. With a triple. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I mean, the banged-up Matt Brash, who then didn't oh, pitch the rest of the series. You're still worried about that. Oh, oh. Are you not? Uh, yeah. How could, yeah. How could you not? He didn't not pitch in an obvious Matt today. Brash situation. Then Jerry told us he was banged up coming out of the Houston series. Then he gave up a two-run bomb and all kinds of hard contact. And then he didn't pitch again. Well, to be fair, at least Saturday. I know they didn't need him the next two games. I get it. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Something to watch. Noted. Noted. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Eugenio Suarez uh, hit a double on the bottom of the eighth, drove in J.P. Crawford for a little breathing room, making it 7-5. And then at least this part is the the positive that we were worried about. Andres Munoz comes in for the ninth, and with two runners on and two outs, he intentionally walked Bobby Witt Jr. So the stadium collectively held their breath during Freddie Furman's at bat, but Mooney struck him out swinging and the M's win 7-5. Yeah, by the, the way. The 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss, strike three, and it's over. The Mariners have a first place tie with the Texas Rangers in the American League West. The Mariners win it tonight 7-5 to over the Royals before a packed house here at T-Mobile Park and right now the Mariners share first place with the Texas Rangers. Yeah, sorry, Rick. I didn't mean to jump all over you there, but I will say that was absolutely the right move, and it it paid off, obviously, because they won, but it was also the right move, and I know you don't generally want to put the tying run on base, but... It's something you've been calling for in a lot of these situations. There's no reason to pitch Bobby Witt. Sorry, yeah, not yeah, in that not situation. A, I'll chance. take my chances with Freddie Fermin. I don't need any part of Bobby Witt. He's the best player Wait, on their team. Wasn't he going to be the go-ahead run on first base? Uh, no, they were like, up two, right? 
Right, so if they had a guy on second and third, right? There's a man on third. That was it. There's just a man in on my, third. In my head, the bases are loaded. Two runners on. And oh, there's two runners on? Yeah. Oh, well, then that yeah. runner doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. then it's right, definitely exactly. the right I was like, do not pitch to Bobby Witness. Yeah, yeah, no chance. Just not, get this guy out of here. Let's go to Fermin and not worry about yeah. this. Thanks. Yeah. The M's bullpen went five innings, and outside of the uh, home run Brash gave up, they held the Royals scoreless. So nice night from them with Miller going out a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, Logan Gilbert went seven innings, giving up just two hits and one, one run while striking out seven. He's only allowed 10 earned runs in the month of August. The Mariners... <laughs> We're about to put up more than that in this game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They went nuts. <laughs> Josh Rojas got things started with a solo shot in the third. Then with JP, A. Eugenio, and Cal on base, Teoscar Hernandez hit a grand slam to put the Mariners up 5-0. But they weren't done yet. Mike Ford hit his 13th home run of the season to make it 7-0 in the third. They then tacked on another run in the fourth. JP Crawford singled to drive Rojas in in the fifth. So it was already 9-1 when Julio stepped to the plate and did this. It's the pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to left center field. Look at that thing fly. Goodbye baseball. Underneath the out-of-town scoreboard, Julio Rodriguez with his 22nd home run of the season. He now has 50 home runs in his major league career. It is a two-run line shot. Home run to left center. And the Mariners are pouring it on. So that was obviously. That's so excited you broke your uh, microphone. Yeah, that didn't take much as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, it's always on a, a Monday, too. Always, I don't know who comes in here and like loosens this thing the over the weekends. Line? Like the elves come in and just like take over the studio or something when I'm not around. But um, that Julio home run was great. Obviously, it's fun to just see the tack on. But it also marked the return on TV of one of my favorite things that, of, in Seattle sports, which is the involuntary Mike Blower's muttering. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? He doesn't yes. do it all the time. But if you know, you know. And he just like, Dave's making his call or Aaron's making the call. But as the ball is being hit and Blowers instantly sees that it's been torched, he just under his breath goes, oh, boy. <laughs> That's exactly I, what he did for Julio on Saturday. That was awesome. I wasn't watching live, but I saw your tweet and knew exactly right? what, you were, what it was. It's one of those things where either you know what it is or you don't. <laughs> and you know who who liked it, I think, was Taylor Sacedo, who's like the one guy who right grew up here and, and has probably heard Blowers yeah, say that say and it. knows what it means because most guys would never get a chance to hear Blowers call the game. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> Julio, Julio yep. destroyed that one. And you got to throw some credit at Teo, man. I mean, a grand slam and another home run, another home run on Sunday, which you'll probably end up playing here in a minute. Dude was just absolutely locked in on fire. And for all of the grief that he took early in this season when he wasn't going well, I mean, I understand why people were frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated with players when they're not playing well. I was frustrated with him for not playing well. What bothers I mean, me is he and is, Suarez were on pace for like a historic number oh yeah, of strikeouts. There was reason terrible. to be frustrated. But the, but there's a difference between being frustrated with a player and calling them a bum or saying they were you know why would they have ever gone after him? And he's been a good player his whole career. The odds were always that he would find a way to get back to being a good player. Thankfully, they were patient with him. They didn't trade him at the deadline when they could have, and uh, it's sure, sure paying off right now, which is great. Yeah. Him being hot right now, or. or- I mean, in the month of September, if he can stay hot, Pretty that fun. is wow. Pretty big, fun. Big addition.
All right, so I heard Julio talking to Shannon after the game, and he said, you know, he said he grew up watching A-Rod and kind of idolizing him. So that was his 50th home run in his 256th game, putting him ahead of Alex Rodriguez, who did it in 269 games for fastest player in franchise history to hit 50 home runs. He also becomes only the second player in MLB history to reach 50 career home runs and 50 career stolen bases in their first two seasons. Only Ronald Acuna Jr. has done that as well. Pretty good player. Uh, Yeah. The M's led 11-1 at this point. Cal Raleigh was feeling left out and hit a solo shot in the sixth to make it 12-1. And you know who else hadn't had a home run yet? Cade Marlowe. Two balls and two strikes to Cade Marlowe. Here's the pitch. Swing and he swats this out to center field. Driven back, back, back. And this ball is gone and over the wall for a home run. The Mariners have tied a franchise record. Six home runs today inside their home ballpark. And the final one is a pinch hit home run from Cade Marlowe. And it's a 14-1 Mariners lead. I believe that one came lefty on lefty, too, which is nice to see from Marlowe. They would obviously add another one from Teo, but it came off a position player. So I'm not a, you can't play it. It's not you can't play what? that sound. No, it came off a position oh, I wasn't player. Play the sound. Okay, good. Yeah. It came off a position player. We're not playing a highlight of that. Sorry, but it was still pretty awesome. He crushed that ball. Mm-hmm. Dude, seven home runs in a game. Mm-hmm. You'll take it, mm-hmm. especially for this team. Pretty awesome. It's against that team. I was like, God, don't give me. You know what the fear is, though, right? Anytime you score like fifteen runs, seven home runs, you're always like, uh oh, you wasted tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. you're gonna lose yeah. two to one, right? Well, you know what I can play. So the M's win 15-2 Saturday. Sunday, we pick up where we left off. Oh. Teoscar Hernandez in the second. And the 0-1 to Teoscar. Swing and a drive. Deep straight away center field. Isbell going back to the track looking up. Goodbye baseball off the batter's eye. Teoscar Hernandez with two home runs yesterday. Leads off the bottom of the second this afternoon with his 22nd home run of the year. And this was a rocket. Way out to straightaway center field. The Mariners hit seven home runs yesterday. They have one already this afternoon. And it's the Mariners one, Kansas City nothing. So, uh, you you got an idea pretty early that they didn't waste them all. No, they had, uh, they had at least two more home runs left in their, uh, in their bag, which they kind of needed. Um, in Hernandez's last 15 games, he has 25 hits, 16 RBI, and five home runs. Yeah, he's on fire. Yeah. But he's not hot. Not he's hot. Just, <laughs> six game hit streak, but not hot. It's just who he is. <laughs> I just keep hearing, this is why I'm hot in my head. The more oh. we talk about this. How about that song? Mims? Have we ranked hots? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that song has been in ranked. Let's just say yes. <laughs> Things moved Eating along pretty hot, quietly. Hot, hot. Things moved along pretty quietly on both sides for a few more innings. Luis Castillo was fantastic, going seven innings of one-hit baseball, giving up no runs and striking out six. In the bottom of the fifth, Julio was just doing Julio things. Right, here's the pitch to Julio. Swing and a drive. Deep into the gap. In left center field. Going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Into the Mariners' bullpen. Julio Rodriguez with a wide shot. Two-run home run with two outs. It's now the Mariners three and the Royals nothing. And it has been a Royal slugfest for home runs seven yesterday and two this afternoon. That was his sixth home run in the month of August, his 27th RBI. Not hot. It, yeah, they, they, yeah, not hot. Just, <laughs> just kind of being a Julio, right, as he's supposed to be. Um, they don't win that game yesterday with a different lineup. I found myself thinking about it as I was watching, and I, I 
I think this is what I would like to see more of. And I know you want to still look for ways to get Mike Ford in there because he, he's hit the ball really well. He's got over an 800 OPS and, what, 13 home runs so far this year. So I, this is not like an anti-Mike Ford take or anything. But I really do feel like they're at their best with Teo DHing. Oh, and out of the outfit. You know, yeah. Marlo, well, I was actually going to get to uh, oh, good. I'm sorry. a reason for that next. Yeah, you uh, brought this his defense up. The Marlowe play in left was great, but probably not as good as the other one that you're going to play here. Yeah, Dominic Canzone had quite the catch in right Ooh. field in the sixth on a line out from Garcia. The 1-0 pitch. Swinging it's cracked. Slicing out to right field. A diving catch. Canzone lays out, and he makes the catch. Robbery in right field. Dom Canzone flashing the no-fly zone in right field. That I thought awesome. of you as soon as it happened, and then I saw someone tag you in Twitter and say it made them think of you, too, because you're always like, I'd really prefer Teo at DH. I don't like his defense. Well, I don't think he gets to that. Let's be yeah. pretty no, darn that clear. That was amazing. Was yeah. really, I mean, that was one of the nicer catches I've seen all year. I loved that play. That is not an easy play to make. I know people get excited about the home run robberies for good reason. Those are awesome. I'm not taking anything away from them. But I love a good laying out for a line drive Superman. hit to your side yeah. in the so outfield. I, I just I love you. the yeah. aesthetics of it. That's a heck of a play from Canzone. And two two other things I loved. I loved that he did the no-fly zone. Dude, that dude has just fit in immediately, mm-hmm. which is great. And secondly, did you see the guy in the stands doing the Canzone Italian gesture afterwards? Mm-hmm. That was awesome, too. He did it back to him. Dude, the fans were great this weekend. Kudos to them. They were all over it. So that was pretty darn cool. Great play. And I don't know if they win that game. It's 3-2. to two. I know Spire gives up the home run late. I don't know whether they win that game if they don't make those two big defensive plays. And uh, that's probably something Scott's going to pay attention to would be my guess. That's a good point. Yeah, and as you said, uh, Gabe Spire gave up a two-run home run. But Andres Munoz comes in again to strike out the side in the ninth. Yesterday was the first time to me he looked like Andres Munoz. I thought the slider was sharp. He had command of the fastball. He hit 100 a couple of times. That's something that hopefully is a sign. Because, again, I don't think it's a ninth-inning issue for him. That was a one-run game in the ninth. I mean, that it's not a ninth. I don't think it's a mental thing. He just hasn't looked the same physically. So I thought yesterday was a pretty good sign. Hopefully that continues. It was. Uh, we, we have a text from the 425 that says, I'm half expecting to see Salk just start walking around the studio with that mic talking and pacing. The thing broke. Yeah, I feel like KJ, right? The, what do they call it? The rapper? The way he was yeah, holding like a rapper? Yeah, they told him to stop holding the mic like a rapper. I know. Yeah. This is what I got. Sorry, yeah. man. Karaoke host. I'm going to fix this thing in the break. We're just like, we're crawling Doesn't towards yeah. break so I can fix this thing. All right. Well, we don't have much time for the Seahawks game. That's but I don't, think, All right, anyway. I don't think Salt wants to talk much about the Seahawks game. Do you? There are a couple of highlights. You were big on Artie Burns last year, and we haven't talked about him much, but he had a nice game. They put him in the nickel spot, which he hasn't played as much at, and... Um, Roderick Perry batted down a Jordan Love pass, and Artie Burns came in here. It's empty backfield for Love. Steps, throws, ball is slapped. Love catches it out of the air. Now he's going to try to run for the first down, and he can't get there because Artie Burns comes up. Burns coming in to play in that nickelback position for the Seahawks. Another one of those veteran secondary performers. Stops this play for a loss of three. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and? Uh, Mike Jackson also blocked a, uh, a point after attempt, even though he... Did not have a great game overall. We already played the Jake Bobo touchdown. Aesop Winston uh, Jr. might be someone to watch because, like you keep saying, Jake Bobo now has a chance to make the active roster and play because of the wide receiver Jake injury. Bobo has a chance to be the best player in the team. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Which, but that means that Aesop Winston, I think, has he probably could have been a practice squad consideration. He actually might make the team because 
You've got D. Eskridge, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Derek Young all out right now. Yeah. And he had a 30-yard pass and a 33-yard pass from Drew Locke. And a nice run back yesterday, too, yeah. right? So, or uh, Saturday. He scored a touchdown in the first game and then was hurt in the second preseason game, so he's looked pretty good. He has. So, you know, look, I think one of the first things that, and we'll talk to Brady Henderson about this at 830, what do you do with Derek Young? I think that's that's going to d- dictate quite a bit of how else they handle their roster. Is he going to be on IR, or is he somebody that is going to return at some point in the first few weeks of the season? These sports hernia things never seem to go well. well. Is his a sports hernia, or is it a hip? It sounded like he... Well, they always start start with saying it's like a hip or right. groin, and then and then they said abductor the last time Pete Carroll talked, and I don't he was know exactly going to a sports attorney, a doctor. I don't think we've gotten the update on how that went. That will, I think, dictate some of what this roster looks like because I think they'd like to have him on the roster, but if he's going to miss eight, nine, ten weeks, yeah. at that point he's been he's already played, so you can't put him on pup, and so they would need to ir him, which means that he would be done for the year. So he was you, a big part of special teams last year. You could also keep him on the roster week one and then put him on IR so that he can come back later in the year. This is going to be a very interesting next 48 hours in terms of how they decide to maneuver through all of these cuts. Yeah, maybe we'll see Ace up Winston, or uh, which would be great. On the other hand, like he's going to be in competition with every veteran wide receiver around the league who's going to be cut, and there are a lot of those guys. So I don't know what direction that goes, but more Bobo. Yeah. More Bobo. I think everyone's in on that at yes. this point. Just more Bobo. He's, he's won everyone over. Yes. Is that the weekend? <laughs> That's the weekend. That's the weekend. Oh, what a weekend it was. Let's also throw some credit at Victor Hovland, who wins the oh, tour yeah. championship yesterday to win the FedEx Cup. Congratulations to Victor. Ah, yes. He was ridiculous. Shot a 62 yesterday. I love Hovland. He's one of my favorites, so that was pretty darn cool. And uh, yeah, uh, Are we going to hear how you played? Uh, eh, it was okay. 47, 44. Okay. 91. It was fine. Okay. Great day of Chambers. Beautiful day of Chambers. I mean, like, unbelievable day. Some good friends with me, which was awesome. Uh, just great, great company. Great to be outside. Great views. Just what a wonderful place that is. It really is just very magical. But, yeah, played okay. Nothing great. Nothing terrible. All right. All right we got to run here. Brock's coming in next. Uh, and I want to talk through what this Mariner team has done. Are they hot? Julio says no. We'll see if we can understand why next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710.